This episode of The Ride is brought to you by Bymeda. Bymeda might be the biggest animal health company you've never heard of, till now. Bymeda's products have been trusted by veterinarians and owners since the 1960s, when our Irish roots began. Bymeda is one of the largest producers of dewormers, like Equimax, Bimectrin, and Exodus. World-renowned equine athletes also rely on polyglycan, a patented formula that replaces lost or damaged synovial fluid, and Confidence EQ pheromone gel, which reduces and prevents equine stress. Consult your vet and visit bymedaus.com to see where to buy. Thanks again to Bymeda for sponsoring this episode of The Ride. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Ride. Um, today we have Connor Smith, who is the head Western coach of Midway of the Midway University equestrian team, and he's also a level one AQHA uh, carded judge, among other things. So first off, thank you for joining us today, Connor. Um, and why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about your career and how you got started in the horse industry? Yeah, so I had some experience showing at the open show in the 4-H level. I was very active throughout 4-H as a youth. Um, And then from there, I attended college at St. Andrews University in Laurenburg, North Carolina, and rode under the guidance of Carla Winberg and Lindsay Trockenbrot. In my IHSA career, I started as a rookie B rider, having a lot of success through the regional level, semifinals level, and the national level. Our team won a national championship in 2016 and 2017. Um, And then my senior year, I had the opportunity to compete for the high point rider. I was showing in the open horsemanship and the open reining. And that year I was able to get to nationals for the team and individually and for the high point rider competition as well. I ended up winning the team open horsemanship. I was fourth in the individual open horsemanship and also was awarded the high point rider award at nationals in 2018. Wow, that is a lot for just one person's career. That's quite the accomplishment. So is that kind of how you knew that you wanted to coach or how did you fall into the coaching side of things? So, you know, in college, I really developed a passion for collegiate riding and the team atmosphere of the IHSA is something that really stood out to me. During my junior year of college, I started to really feel like I was being pulled towards a coaching career. I had the opportunity uh, to teach some 4-H clinics. At that point, I was um, an open show carded judge. I was judging open shows, you know, and really the, the thought process of helping others and the high energy, the team and positive atmosphere it's really something that stood out to me and having the opportunity to teach a little bit and help my peers at the horse shows, you know, that's what has led me to the coaching career that I have today. That's awesome. Uh, It's so funny. I think all three of us have some kind of collegiate riding experience. I did the NCAA, so mine was a little different, obviously, than 
the format's just a little different, but I, I think it is, it's a huge opportunity for so many riders to get more experience. And just like, I mean, to be able to compete at those events is such an honor and, and, you know, to represent your school and your team and, and have that team, you know, bond that you really have with your other teammates. How did you originally decide to get involved with doing the collegiate thing? Was that, did it kind of like fall into your lap or was it like an end goal that to get there? It really did. So going into college, I felt like I wanted to go to a college where I could ride and riding was an opportunity at the time. I I wasn't fully aware of collegiate riding and I wasn't really sure of the ins and outs of the IHSA. Um, you know, as a freshman, my goals were to attend vet school uh, and to move forward in vet school. But, you know, that changed throughout college. I really had the experience on the team. I started riding. I had great leadership from my peers. I had the most incredible support from the coaching staff. So I really took more of a gear that direction. And my sophomore year of college, I decided I didn't want to be a vet. Um, you know, and that's where I became, I, did, I changed my major to the equine business management degree and stayed on track so that I could graduate with a business administration degree that emphasized on the equine management so that moving forward, anything within the horse industry, um, it was preparing me for that. I think that was really smart. And it's interesting. I know quite a few people who, you know, go into college thinking that they're going to do the vet school route. And then once they're in school, they realize that there are so many other options in the horse industry that they don't just have to be a veterinarian to stay working with horses. Um, so I think it's really cool. Like I, the school that I went to, we didn't have any equine related programs or anything like that. So that must've been really cool being at a school that, that even offered that in Florida, that's kind of unheard of. <laughs> right, right. For sure. And, you know, the experience that you get through a collegiate equine program, it's incredible. And I think a lot of people are unclear as to what goes into an equine program at a university. And, you know, my answer to that is it's dependent on each individual student. Um, and it, it depends on their experience level. You know, some students come in and they become great professionals in the industry, uh, but they attend college with very limited experience. Whereas we have others that come in, they've shown at the World Show, they've shown at the Congress, they've worked for a horse trainer, you know, they have the industry experience in some way, shape or form, even if it's just owning their own horse. And so that's why I say it's really dependent on each individual student. You know, for me, I did have show experience. I had personal horses prior to college, but I really had an interest in put me in the horse shows. You know, I want to show collegiately. I want to go to some of the local quarter horse shows, really be a part of the show management as a ring steward, as a scribe, as, you know, a gate man. I didn't care, but I was hungry to be involved and to really educate myself and to create some connections that would fuel the future for myself in the industry. I think another really big part of of getting involved in that kind of field, especially in colleges, you can have all the show experience in the world or, or maybe even never have shown a horse in your life, but it's all about the work ethics. And, you know, this industry is so different from a lot of other industries where, you know, people have desk jobs and they go home at night and they can, you know, kind of separate themselves. Whereas like the horse industry, you really, you, you have to love it. And, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And you kind of mentioned, 
you know, getting your hands involved in the show management side of things. And, you know, that's a really hard thing too. I, I did show management too. And it's, you're going all day, every day, you're on your feet, you're running from arena to arena. It, it takes a really special work ethic too, for somebody to be successful in that field. Yeah. I think that's even true just for the horse showing aspect. You know, like I had so many people join my IHSA team when I was the captain and they just thought that it was going to be, Oh, like we're going to ride horses every once in a while and then go show. And it's going to be so great. And then once they realized how much work it took and how much dedication they had to have, they just would quit. And it definitely takes a certain type of person to be successful in that environment. How do you find with your students, Connor, like what are some of the things that you do with them to, you know, make sure that they're being successful in the, in the show ring and just in the horse industry in general? You know, and that's a great question. I try really, really hard to give my students the same experience that I had and to continue to generate new ideas of keeping them involved. And I think whether it's you know, finding an internship that they may be interested in. Perhaps it's more, you know, care for the horses. Perhaps it's more of a riding internship. It could be an event management internship, working for a vet clinic, whatever that may be. I, I try to find their true passion and interest and set them up with internship opportunities during the breaks, um, you know, if it's local during the weekends and really put them into the industry. I think that is the number one priority that we as collegiate coaches should have is preparing our students in the four short years that we have that opportunity to connect with them is put them in the, in the industry, guide them and support them those four years so that after graduation, they truly are ready. Um, you know, and like you guys say, it takes a work ethic. You know, it's a lifestyle. I think truly you have to wake up, it has to make you jump out of bed every single day um, so that you are willing to put in the work no matter what part of the industry that you're in. And, you know, for me at Midway University, my riders are considered varsity athletes. Uh, so unlike many of the other uh, programs, our students are very, very lucky with a huge financial burden taken off of them um, you know, and part of the recruiting process is I don't necessarily recruit on talent. It definitely plays a key part in it, but your attitude, your effort, and the ability to be a team player and to be passionate about those around you and your program, it's, that's number one to me. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, recruiting is, is huge, but you can have the best rider in the world and it not matter when it comes to the, the IHS, IHSA or even the NCAA or NCEA, whatever they're calling it now. Um, you know, it takes more than just being a, a really skilled showman. Um, there's so many other aspects to it, but, uh, recruiting is definitely, I'm a little older than you guys. I, I was first recruited to the Oklahoma state team back, like way back when it first started. So recruiting has changed a lot since uh since i was in college and it's really i i get so excited for these young kids who are being approached by schools and and getting offered these you know amazing opportunities and a lot of them you know that financial burden is huge especially with college being so expensive these days so it is a really great opportunity for some the 
the right person, the person that can go in and, and do that kind of thing, because it's not like showing you, you get on a random horse and that horse might know what they're doing and it might not. Right. And you're absolutely correct. And I think that's where our collegiate riding industries have really educated those that are within that industry to make sure that, you know, for the NCEA, the draws are going to be fair, right? It's head to head. So it's two riders, one horse. You're certainly going to find the best rider. And the IHSA being a little different, you may have four to eight in a class at the regional level. But those classes are going to have very even horses. You know, if you have a horse that carries itself a little higher in balance, then they all should. If you have a horse that's a little tough leaded or might want to break, you know, in the left lead, then they all should have an issue similar to that. And that way it provides these riders with a very fair playing field um, to show who the showmen are. And I think it's not about being a horse trainer. I think it's about being fair to the horse and learning to be a showman before we start to learn how to be a horse trainer. You know, in my opinion, that's that's what the internships are for. Um, but, you know, Jillian and I, we have talked a lot about how college programs find horses. And I know so many college coaches, but I know myself included, we are so, so thankful for the horses that are provided to our programs. You know, it takes a mentally, physically sound, safe, just great-minded animal to be a collegiate riding horse. And we are so thankful for the horse providers that allow the programs either to lease or to have those horses without the horse providers, without the horses, intercollegiate riding would not exist. Um, you know, and because of that, I think, I think that's where it becomes more about being a showman, showman and being a good steward to your horse than it is being a horse trainer on a pretty broke course. You know, most of the horses that we see in the college programs, they're broke. And a lot of times they're older broke show horses. Uh, so I think that's the best way to be the most fair to the horse. I think that's something that IHSA and probably the NCAA um, does a very good job of making sure that the competitors put the horse first. Usually, you know, you it's so easy to want to keep putting the same really nice horses in the same class back to back and, you know, overdoing it for them. But that's something that at least at any competition I've been to, everyone is very cautious about and making sure that the students know the proper way to ride the horse and ask it correctly. And, um, you know, they have spur limitations and things like that just to and it, it's always kind of refreshing seeing a part of the horse industry that's like that because there's certainly sides that you know don't always put the horse first so that was something that I definitely noticed when I went from showing in the breed show side of things and then transitioning into IHSA it was kind of like a whole new world for me um, I've really never seen anything like that before yeah I was just going to jump in and I and say that um you know, the IHSAs differ in, in the NCEA in the sense that you guys are working with everything from beginner like riders to, you know, kids who have been on the circuit their entire lives. So that has to, you know, you, you have to have a pretty good variety of horses that, you know, you're, you're able to offer that learning opportunity. I know very much in my own personal life, I was so thankful for those older show broke horses that taught me how to 
show because I wasn't having to struggle and worry about them doing something, you know, crazy or, or just being bad in the show pen. So I think that's a really interesting element too, is that you're working with riders of all levels and skill sets. Absolutely. And, you know, I feel like that is one of the biggest blessings of the IHSA. Um, you know, it, it really is interesting to me to understand the team dynamic of how those riders, they know the horse industry, they show, they have shown since they were, you know, a small fryer at 13 and under in the youth. And all of a sudden they're now on a team. But once you're on a collegiate team, you're riding with so many different riders that have such a variety level of experience. So, you know, seeing those riders really support and really provide a strong foundation for the lower level riders. That's what is the most special to me from that aspect, because, you know, especially here at Midway, every division matters. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in the open or if you're in the walk jog. If you're on the team, you're a teammate and you're a team player and you are involved in some way, shape or form. Yeah, that's definitely true. And that's a really good point about how every division matters because each class, no matter what division, is the same amount of points for each placing, you know, so it really does come down to every single person on the team. Um, and that was something that I kind of fell in love with with IHSA was I saw so many people come on that had no experience with horses, had no experience with showing, and they just fell in love with it. And a lot of them are working in the horse industry now, and they just got their start through IHSA. And so that was something that was really fun to watch um what do you do with like so how many people on your team are usually beginners or you know very new to the horse world so it really varies um medway university does have a recruiting process the recruiting process is typically more for the mid to higher level um but specifically recruiting for that lower level it does happen year to year on occasion you know i think it's really a mixed it's kind of a mixed bunch. I like to have, you know, a strong number in the lower level, just as I do a strong number in the mid level and a strong number in the upper level. Um, because as we were saying, a lot of times students are interested in a collegiate riding opportunity, whether it be because they love horses or they love scholarship money, or they just love the thought process of a team dynamic. But once they find the ins and outs of what being on a co collegiate equestrian team is like, they may find that it's not for them, which is totally fine. But as a coach, if I have a rider six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks down the road, they find out that it's just not quite for them. I need to make sure for the sake of my team, myself and the program that I represent, that we're still going to be strong in the horse shows to come. Kind of going off of uh, all of this, um, the, the IHSA just recently included ranch riding in, in their schedule, which is, I think, personally huge because you look at the AQHA World Show and the, the ranch riding is consistently one of the biggest classes there. And are you finding a lot of interest in that? Were you guys excited when you found out that ranch riding was going to be, you know, part of the horse show? Let me tell you, I am so excited that IHSA has added the ranch riding and you just hit the nail on the head. If you look at the industry right now, the ranch riding has grown so tremendously in just the last few years. And personally, I expect it to continue to do so. 
Um, so why would we not, as collegiate organizations, why would we not match the industry standard? Um, and I think all team riding organizations are right on board. You know, uh, the YIDA, the Youth Equestrian Development Association, YIDA has implemented ranch riding, um, IEA, Interscholastic Equestrian Association, they are alongside with IHSA as far as the ranch riding will be new uh, this upcoming show season. But yeah, we have had a lot of interest in it. And I think let's look at how the ranch riding is going to transform a horsemanship rider into a reining rider. You know, I, I think it's a totally different type of horse. Those ranch and reining type horses, they carry themselves a little different. They move with a little more forward and I personally would say, especially compared to some of the horsemanship horses, they're going to be a little lighter in feel, you know, and it's going to really, really challenge these riders to ride as soft as they possibly can and just adapt to a new style of riding, a bigger pattern with more maneuvers than a typical horsemanship pattern. Can confirm. I did about 15 years of horsemanship and now I ride cow horses and it is, it's totally different. You know, there's a lot of the same elements when it comes to training them and you know, I think we all go back to the basics in some sort, but yeah, it, it's different. And, you know, who knows, maybe these, these riders will find a new, you know, event that they're really passionate about that they would have never had the opportunity to do without this, you know, being involved in this kind of program. Yeah. I would have loved to have ranch riding as an option when I was doing the IHSA because I started in the advanced division and then I moved to the open division and it was just like, okay, now you're reigning. And I didn't have any, I mean, you're supposed to have, what is it, like six months of reining practice before you start doing it. And I did with some reining trainers around here, but it's not the same as like actually, you know, like showing it and, and having that experience. And it was not a very pretty transition. And it took me a long time to, to figure out the reining part of IHSA. And so I think that the ranch riding is going to be such a great stepping stone for people you know, working up to that. Um, so that, I think it's going to be really exciting to see how that works. And I think it's just going to be a huge success for them. Oh, I think, I think you're totally right. And, you know, hearing you say that it, it jogs my memory to go back to being a good steward of the horse, right? And the collegiate riding, we try to put the horse first. So taking someone that may, has never shown the reining, but they've had six months of lessons here and there, and all of a sudden they're number one on a horse they have no idea anything about. Number two, they've never shown the reining. Uh, you know, I feel like the ranch riding is going to allow us as an organization, as collegiate coaches and as riders, it's really going to allow us an opportunity to be a better steward of our horses. I think that we have always been great and incredible stewards of the horses. But I think moving forward to those reining horses specifically, this is going to be really, really fun to watch. And I even think the quality of our collegiate riders are going to grow and it's going to just continue to get better and better. And I'm so excited to see that growth. Yeah, definitely. So kind of circling back to your career, um, how did you get started judging? And is that something that you're looking to continue and um, kind of what's your story with that? So back in 4-H, um, it started a while ago doing some horse judging through 4-H, the Hippology, the Horse Bowl. You know, I really enjoyed all of that. And initially, that's what kind of fired me up to go into the vet school track. 
Um, you know, and then North Carolina, originally where I'm from, they had an open show judges school. So I attended that. It's where you have an opportunity to be certified in the Western, the hunters, uh, the non-trotting, the saddle seat. So you familiarize yourself with all of the rule books and you, it's very similar to the other breed show testing. You have a rule book test per discipline. You have, you know, lectures as like an educational seminar. And then you also have video testing for each discipline. So I did that. Let's see, that would have been 2015 or 2016. Um, that had me certified to judge all four at the open show level. So I really started right about 2015 gearing up, judging a lot of open shows. Anything that I could get my hands on, I was judging for people. So that helped me build a resume for the judging experience. And um, 2019 is when I tested with AQHA for the specialized level one judges card. Um, was approved to do that. So since 2019, I have been judging uh, the AQHA level one classes, which is your rookie and your level one youth, your rookie, your level one amateur classes. Um, so that's been a great stepping stone for me because I'm starting to see, you know, a difference in quality, a difference in numbers. Um, I'm starting to travel a little bit and meet more industry connections through that. So, you know, I really, really think and appreciate a lot of the level one program that AQHA has to offer because my goal certainly is, you know, to test for the full all around card for AQHA. And I think that that is the next big thing on my list, um, you know, years down the road. But I think that it would not be possible for me without the stepping stone of the level one judges program. So I love judging. I think that it I think it's like our continual education, right? So as collegiate coaches, we, we stay up to date with the industry standard um, because we are judging it and we do get to see it, you know, and for me, I get to see what I like and what I'm not a big fan of um, in the show ring. So then I can relay that information to my team. And I, I feel like that is a great avenue to maintain success. Um, I was actually going to ask how you, you felt that being a judge has changed the, the way that you coach or, or your just perspective, because it, obviously you can sit in the stands all day and, and watch a horse show, but it's so different when you're sitting in that arena, you know, with those horses and riders and you see different things. Um, but also I just, I thought it was really interesting the thing that you touched on one thing with the judges aspect of it. I never looked at it in the sense that you know, the level one is, is such a great way to get amateurs and youth riders who may not be, you know, competitive enough to compete in the regular youth classes or amateur classes. And, you know, just getting a different, uh, you know, demographic involved in the horse industry. But I guess I never thought of it in the sense that it also helps people who are young and trying to get involved as a judge involved in the industry as well i i would have never you know thought about that but it, it, the level one seems to be a great way a great stepping stone for for professionals to even get involved in the industry absolutely you know i think it still holds to the aqha standard of what they're looking for in their full card of judges um and that's in my opinion i think that's a great reasoning for developing that level one program 
Um, and it, it is inviting. It's inviting to a lot of people within the industry without sacrificing the standard. So, you know, we, we transition through this level one period to make sure and to ensure that we have that resume built and the industry experience to meet the standard of a full carded judge when that time comes. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's really, uh, I, it's interesting seeing that with AQHA and I don't think that, you know, APHA doesn't have anything like that as far as I know. And, um, it definitely seems like something that is making it easier for people who should be involved in the horse industry, but don't necessarily have the connections or the, you know, the opportunity, um, for them to work their way up to that. Um, so when you were after college, I think you worked for a trainer down in Florida, which is how I know Connor. Um, and so how did you transition from that? I mean, like when you, did you always want to work for a trainer or was it just kind of like a pit stop? You know, like what, how did that impact your career? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that is a huge integral part of how I ended up here actually. Um, Throughout college, you know, as we spoke about first thing, I was involved with as many internships as I could possibly be. You know, I, I worked for Rob Manili in Georgia. Um, I had went to a couple horse shows, you know, one being the NSBA world uh, with Alan and Shannon Fisher. Um, and then also after college, I moved to Florida. Uh, to work for Carrie and T.W. Gross. Um, so at that time, Carrie and T.W., they were doing the quarter horses and the paints. So we had a lot of horses, and it was really just a great opportunity to, number one, put myself further into the industry in a different way uh, for a longer period of time than just a summer internship. So that was, you know, that was incredible. I had a great opportunity to go to the horse shows um, and then to ride every single day and to continue to learn from two industry professionals um, and another judge. It, it was really, really good. And, you know, I can say this, but it was very clear that my end goal was collegiate coaching. Uh, when I moved to Florida, that was the goal. Um, and there was no time frame on it. There was no time frame whatsoever. Uh, but I knew that I didn't want to be a horse trainer. I wanted to train the people and I wanted to be involved in our industry in a little bit of a different way than being a horse trainer. So uh, that that was very transparent and that was very clear. And, you know, I have to say that it came up a little quicker than I had imagined it would. Um, but I am so thankful that this opportunity arose. And I think truly without the guidance of Carrie and CW, and the experience that I had in Florida, I would not be uh, part of the coaching, part of the coach that I am today. Here's how old I am. I grew up showing with TW. Uh, um, <laughs> so was there a moment in your collegiate career where things just kind of like clicked and you were like, this is what I want to do? Was there like a, just like some moment that really stands out that, you know, really just connected you to this particular part of the industry and you knew like, I'm going to be a collegiate coach? Absolutely. And I will tell you in the shortest possible way that I can. My junior year, I qualified for the regional finals and I ended up having a little bit of bad luck at regionals, 
not advancing me on to semifinals and nationals that particular year. Um, my sophomore year, I'd had a great go at nationals. I was third in the team advanced horsemanship. And I was pretty bummed. I was really looking forward to get back to the semifinals. I was really, really excited to go to nationals two years in a row. Unfortunately, the bad luck, you know, had me a little frustrated, had me a little down. Um, and there are so many great things to say about Carla and Lindsay from St. Andrews, but one thing about both of them is they will not let you be down for long. Um, and I had already had hopes. I was, you know, in the open horsemanship at that time, but I had hopes of the reigning. And from that day, we gathered a plan and I was willing to work harder than I ever had. And I was promised that day that I, they would work as hard as I would work. Well, that was a challenge because we both made each other work really, really hard uh, for the next year. And it turned out to be the greatest experience. And I, I learned the value of a collegiate coach that day, uh, you know, to turn to try and to be willing to turn someone's career around uh, and the guidance that entire year. I just can't speak highly enough of it. Uh, but to come back the following year uh, and to be the high point rider at nationals, win the team open horsemanship, qualify to semifinals in the reigning and the horsemanship and, you know, move forward to nationals in the individual horsemanship. I, that is the moment where I truly saw the value and the opportunities that you really can't get back after college that collegiate riding offers. Um, so like you were saying, you had such guidance from your coaches. How has that kind of transferred over to like what you teach your students? You know, what are some of the core things that you focus on when you're teaching? Um, you know, I think that's a great question. I think it's, again, what we've already hit on. I think it's being a team player. I think it's being coachable. I think it's being... I want you to consider yourself in a judge's shoes watching team riding, right? You would look for that rider that you would hire to come ride for you. And that's how I want your mindset to be. I don't want you to show the judge how far you can get this horse's hip kicked over or how deep you can get its hawk. You know, this is team riding. We don't care about that. It's nice and it's pretty to look at, but we really, really want to see that you're a showman. You know how to show. You're prepared. You know, you're prepared in soft feel. You're prepared with your show clothes. You're prepared for how to lay out a pattern. Um, and you're prepared for staying out of the penalty box. So a lot of our team is all about the mentality of what does it take to be a collegiate equestrian? Because I promise you, it takes a lot. And, you know, we all know this. We all had a collegiate riding background um, and still see it quite often to this day. Jillian, I know you do. Um, you know, and I think that that's really important to me. If yeah. anything, it taught me how to be a really good catch rider because you, you know, you're not going to fix any. I don't know about the IHSA. I don't think you guys even get a warm up, do you? We don't. Yeah. So in my, in the NC, now EA, you know, I got four minutes, but they're, you're not going to fix a horse in four minutes. You know, if they have a bad lead change, they have a bad lead change, or if they, you know, like to step backward in their turnaround, they're going to step backward in their turnaround. Like, 
you just got to be able to go in there and show what you have and show what you have to the best of that horse's ability, which I think is a really important skill set and being able, you know, there's a lot of mental stuff that goes into being able to ride an unfamiliar horse and and be okay with things not being perfect. I know that I come from a a very perfectionist, uh, you know, back everything had to be perfect or else it wasn't good enough and and that you know collegiate riding really made me reevaluate how I approach stuff absolutely yeah the same with me I mean when I first started I had to say I it was kind of like culture shock almost like I went from having a super reliable show horse that you know basically just did all the work for me and all I had to do was you know sit there and then going to ones that not necessarily weren't reliable, but just weren't, I had never had to ride a horse that, you know, wasn't spur trained or trained the way that I knew how to ride. And for me, that was a huge eye opener. And I, it really made me work a lot differently when I was practicing, you know, I would start riding some of some just like random trail horses. Like I tried to just find any horse that I could catch ride and ride that. Cause that's something that I didn't have any experience with. And then something my sister always says is, IHSA and collegiate riding is one of the best character building sports that there is because you can't do it with a bad attitude. You just, you won't be successful. So Connor, what would be your advice for either a younger rider listening to this podcast or maybe even a parent of a younger rider who wants to get involved somehow at the collegiate level, but doesn't necessarily know how to do it? What would your, what would your advice be to kind of to get your foot in the door? My advice is... Find the IHSA online, um, and from there, find a school in your area, whether that's where your son or daughter or yourself is interested in going to school or not, or just find a school that you may be interested in going to and see if they have an IHSA team. If so, contact the coach. Um, In some way, shape, or form, contact the coach, whether it's on a campus visit, whether it's by email, whether it's by a phone call and introduce yourself. You know, we, it doesn't matter what experience you have. It doesn't matter if you have any riding experience because for that beginner walk jog or the beginner walk trot division, you know, those riders cannot have had more than 24 weeks of formal lessons. Um, so it doesn't matter and find out a little more information. One great thing about the IHSA is every team is going to be different. And every program is going to be different. Some colleges are going to offer scholarships. Some will be unable to offer scholarships. So find what's important to you. Um, And then once you contact the coach and have an understanding of, you know, what zone are you in? What region are you in? Who do you compete with? Um, Ask, you know, any questions that you have. How many horses do you have? Can I do an evaluation ride? Uh, And I'm just throwing these things out because some of that is what I do as the coach at Midway. Um, But as a high school senior, late high school junior, let's let's start to connect and let's get involved. Um, You know, definitely, if you're a junior or a senior in high school, find a school you're interested in. If you can get there, go observe a horse show. Make yourself comfortable with the draw format. Uh, Some regions, they do a a live draw, like a draw table, and then other regions, the draw is taken care of in the coaches' meeting. Um, But regardless, see the format, understand it, start to see the team dynamic and the level of energy and 
by all means, if it's for you, you know, let's hit the ground running. And if I could be of any help to anyone, I, I would be more than happy to be. Yeah, it's it's so nice that IHSA offer there. I mean, there are so many schools that have IHSA teams, and I feel like it's not really a, a very well-known thing. I mean, I when I went to the University of Central Florida, I had no idea that they had an equestrian team. And somehow, at, I think it was like orientation, I saw the table, you know, and I um, that's how I found out about it. Being a collegiate athlete is just such a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, just, just that whole team, you know, building and bonding and, and having teammates and, and doing a team sport, especially coming from the horse show world where you don't really see that team, you know, aspect uh, when you're competing, unless you consider it just you and your horse as a team. But it, it is it's very different going into it. But I hope I hope this interview, you know, inspires somebody or, or you know, somebody's kid to, to step out of their comfort zone and and find out how they can get involved because it might be a, a, a life-changing thing for them. Thank you so much, Connor, for coming on here and talking with us. Thank you so much for this, and it's been a pleasure. tuning into the ride podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode and please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts follow horse and rider magazine on social media and find us at horseandrider.com if you guys have any questions or comments please be sure to hit us up at horse and rider at equine network.com we want to hear from you guys and if you like what you're listening to be sure to leave us a review on itunes Once again, thanks to this episode sponsored by Meetup.